so much of anyone's success in a specific role, which will then go down to the company's success, is based on focus. What do they have time to focus on? Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm the director of marketing, but it, it almost seems that uh, I joke with several of the owners. I think some of my impact, biggest impact points have been more operationally. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. My name is Eric Thomas and I am the host of the show and this podcast is powered by Rival Digital, which is a full service digital marketing agency for residential HVAC contractors. Let's dive in. Yeah, so Matt Tyner, I am the director of marketing uh, for Max Service Group. We have four brands that we operate under in three metro markets. So we're Williams Comfort Air and Mr. Plumber here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We are Thomas and Galbraith uh, Heating, Cooling and Plumbing in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then we are Jarbo's Plumbing, Heating and Cooling uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, been in the industry since college, came, came right out of college into the space, had a year long internship at Delta Faucet Company when I, where I kind of got my initial uh, intro into the home services space, loved it. Uh, they had a hiring freeze, it was right in 2010. So, uh, but through some connections there, got a job at a local distributor or a regional distributor here in the Midwest, one of the largest ones for Carrier and Bryant um, as an e-commerce associate and then moved into a territory manager role. So learned a lot more about the industry um, and worked with a lot of just really good people. And that's what really drives me to this, to this space. Uh, from there, went to HVAC.com, helped to build that up as, as an e-commerce uh, store and platform for the variety of websites uh, that we operated. And then from there, work went to a uh, an HVAC, an electrical company out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and also had a, a branch in Lexington, Kentucky, ran their sales and marketing teams uh, there, and then uh, made wanted to make my way back to Indianapolis to be able to be closer to my wife and I's families. Uh, so we did that, came here, worked for a marketing agency here located in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, that really focuses on the home service industry. So helped lead the, the strategy development and execution uh, for that team. And then uh, here we are today at, at uh, Max Service Group yeah. and uh, just helping grow the business. Wow. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> so it, it sounds like you've been living and breathing home services for pretty much your whole career. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's been interesting because you know, I've got the e-commerce experience, I have the the agency experience, I have the contractor experience, and then I have the distribution experience. I think the only thing I'm, I'm missing out on is working for a manufacturer, but I'm probably I'm probably good where I'm at. I, I'm probably yeah. best suited for the home services space. I'm B2B marketing just is not yeah, like. Uh, a little boring to me, I guess. It's different. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it's almost like Thanos. You have to get the manufacturer's Infinity Stone, right, <laughs> to complete your gauntlet. Right, you got them all. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's your favorite thing about the industry? Easy, the people. I mean, it, it's yeah. literally the the most down to earth human beings are in this are in this space, and it just means a lot uh, to be able to to work for them and with them uh, to be able to help their grow, grow their businesses, help the families of the employees, uh, just really, really good people uh, really attracted me mm -hmm. to this space. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're here today. Yeah. 
So, so what's it like working uh, for, I guess, several different brands that span across different territories? What's that like? Yeah, it's, it's almost like we have our own little agency here internally, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've got four four sizable contractors. We're probably in the top three, I would say, within each of our market, each of the metro markets that we serve. Uh, Indy definitely being the largest. Um, so it, you almost had your own little little agency, um, but it's it's so much fun because each market is is totally different. You go to Louisville, Kentucky; yeah. it's a completely different market just from a marketing approach than Indianapolis, Indiana, and they're only two two hours apart, which is the the yeah. part that that really baffles you. But the consumer is different; the workforce is different. Uh, it, it's just a, a different mentality and, and, and I guess target demographic. So it's, uh, but it makes it fun, right? You're, you're constantly yeah. having to test new things in each market and, and seeing what works, what doesn't work. There'll be some shared mail that works in Louisville that doesn't work here and vice versa. And so it's, uh, you never get bored. Yeah. So you guys, you said that you've got kind of like your own little agency in house. What's that entail? You have a, a full marketing team or? Yeah, so internally, so we're a pretty lean team. Uh, we've got myself, leads marketing strategy, obviously, uh, sit on the leadership team. I, really, I'm, I'm infused in different areas of the business to be able to help make sure we have kind of cohesive messaging and, and that client experience. Um, then we have our digital marketing manager um, that does a fantastic job for us. We, we brought him on board uh, a year ago, actually. And then we have we do have a brand agency that we work with. Uh, they help us with the branding, the, the creative, help us execute that side of things, do our media buying for us. Uh, and then we have some, the cool thing about being located here in Indianapolis, we, there's just an amazingly talented group of freelancers in this market. And being yeah. from the agency world, being working for different contractors, I've been able to plug myself in uh, to different areas uh, or, or freelance with freelancers. And uh, so it's kind of interesting. Like I, I work with yeah. a freelance writer that I, I've literally worked with for three, com- four companies that I've worked with in the past. Oh, wow. Um, just, just come along with me. So that's, you know, that's essentially our, our content writing, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a number of freelancers that we work with. And um, so we keep the internal team, quote unquote, pretty, pretty lean, but we, um, you know, we, we have freelancers to fill, fill the roles that we, yeah. that we need. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of those duties that are entailed with the internal team? Is it really just overseeing the execution of those, of those marketing projects and campaigns, or do they actually do that? Like the hands-on fulfillment of campaigns and the strategy? Yeah. So digitally, yeah. Kevin handles all of our, our digital campaigns internally. Um, He's, he's very hands-on. Uh, think about it. His really focus is customer acquisition, client acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, my role is more of the strategy and, and, and execution. Uh, but then obviously being involved with, with our client care team, our dispatch team, uh, even, even working really closely with our, our director of sales and my counterpart on the sales side to make sure that that, that client experience, it's all we have to offer as a home service industry, yeah. right? That client experience, Absolutely. they can go anywhere to have someone change a compressor. They can go anywhere uh, to have a tune-up done. What we offer is that client experience, that's, that's it. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what justifies justifies our, our, um, our the value that we bring and, and what we ultimately have to charge to an end consumer uh, is that client experience. And so yeah. um, 
that's a, a large part of my day is just working through that and making sure we're all just constantly creating the, the right experience. And then recruiting here actually falls under marketing, uh, which I love yeah. because it's all about employer brand, right? It's branding. It's creating an employer brand and it's, it's not client acquisition. It's, it's team acquisition, right? So bringing, bringing the right team members on board and really became more involved with that in the last two months. And that's been really, uh, uh, I guess, I guess given a lot of excitement, energy, um, brought a lot of energy to the, to the, to the space and, and to me to be able to get involved in that and, and hopefully help improve things and, and, and be able to make sure that we can, uh, capture the, the revenue growth we need, uh, that marketing is yeah. driving towards. Yeah. So what all does your, the different brands, do they all offer the same, that same customer experience or um, for each brand, is there a different, I guess, motto or differentiator? No. So it's interesting. So from a, a team member, uh, I guess, execution side of things, uh, we're next star mm -hmm. company. We follow the next star process, five star process, right? Uh, we create that consistency. We send our team members to training. We spend a lot of money on training, a lot of money because we, we, we want to be the absolute best at what we do. Um, mm -hmm. And with that, um, it, it's interesting. So when I came on board and, and we brought the branding agency uh, on board over a year ago now, uh, they did a, a quick brand analysis, right? They, they reached out to a number of our, our current clients, uh, gave them a bunch of words to choose from to describe us. And it was interesting how across the three areas that are two hours apart, right? It's almost a little, little triangle we have within those three areas. We similar words were chosen. You know, it, it's the really? experience, it's professionalism, it's the knowledge, it's the experts. And, and what that really drove home is that, that we are creating a consistent experience, a consistent expectation with our own teams uh, at all the different various locations. So um, that makes it a lot easier uh, because then a lot of our messaging can be the same, right? Uh, or similar, yeah. not identical, obviously, um, but can be very yeah. similar and we can really drive towards, towards, uh, you know, that common goal, which is, which has been really, really nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And so has there ever been an instance where, uh, say a technician from Indies had to go to Louisville oh, yeah. or vice versa? Yeah, totally. So, um, there are some services that we offer if we're slow. If we're slow here, we can send them to Cincinnati. If they're seeing a spike in it, um, go to Louisville. You know, even even some of our duct cleaning crews or our our um, duct sealing crews can go to the different markets. And um, you know, that's obviously from a business perspective, great because we can keep those guys mm -hmm. at the hours that that we want to keep them at. Um, allows us to obviously capture that revenue, move business forward, um, and all that fun stuff. So yes, we we do that uh, pretty consistently. We keep our our vans. Uh, fairly similar from a design perspective. Um, our logos, we don't, we don't, when we acquire a company in a new market, we do not strip them of, of the brand they've created or the name they've created, right? That's really what people are attached to is that, is that name and that experience. We just tried to, to bring it in, into our uh, envelope essentially to be able yeah. to, to, to be able to create that consistent experience. And, and there's a reason why our vans are these specific colors, this specific design. Um, you know, there's the science behind it, the psychology behind it. 
Um, so we do bring that into the market, but we keep the brand very similar uh, and just adapt yeah. it to uh, to ours. And that's uh, yeah. that's typically how we approach it because then it allows us to very easily go into a go into a different market with our vans, right? They 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 don't necessarily oh man that someone's trying to rip off rip off this other company or something of that nature it just doesn't happen because they they are so similar uh, it allows for that that uh i guess ease of of transfer yeah when i i heard you mention earlier that with each market there's different uh different not different messaging but there's just different tactics as far as marketing goes yeah so how do they differ area to area yeah, so it, it's it's interesting. Um, a part of it has to do with brand maturity, right? We're, we've been in Indy. We've done TV, radio in Indy. We, we've created a big, a, a large, um, a, a large company essentially here in Indianapolis. Uh, Cincinnati and Louisville are more of our growth markets uh, that we see. There's just a lot of opportunity for us within those two markets to continue to grow, and we're already one of the the larger in each market. But but we see that that cap. Um, that there's a lot more room there to be able to go to go after and grow. Um, so with with that creates obviously some brand differences just from brand recognition perspective, right? On PPC, we get a heck of a lot more uh, branded searches um, for Williams Comfort Air, Mr. Plumber than we do for Thomas and Galbraith or Jarbos. But we're seeing that starting to increase in our non-branded uh, you know, being able to 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 play with those numbers and those two campaigns to be able to make sure we have a, a strong balance. So, um, from a strategy perspective, they're they're different um, within each market. Like I said, direct mail responds differently, right? Down in down in Louisville, direct mail uh, doesn't necessarily respond as well as it does in Cincinnati and Indianapolis for us. Hmm. Um, but there are some shared mail providers that per perform extremely well in Louisville that do not ex yeah. do not perform or aren't even available in the Indianapolis and, and Cincinnati market. So it's it's interesting of how um, how how complex it becomes, right? But but not overly. I, I like yeah. We as marketers sometimes overcomplicate things and like oh, to make absolutely. it seem like we we do a lot more difficult things than we actually do. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so I don't want to seem like it's like this unbearable thing. It's it's not really. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Right? Just figuring out what works and then going. It's with testing it. and failing fast, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Heck yeah, I'm going to spend a little bit more money on this test to see if we can fail faster or succeed faster because then I've got a scalable something then I can take to other markets to test or scale it in the current market. And it's just like yeah. I, too, too often where I was like, well, how we as marketers, like how can we spend as little on this as possible? That's fine, but it's gonna, it's gonna create a longer term uh, test for you, right? Before you can say, yeah. okay, yes, this is statistic, you know, it, it's statistically significant, right? And, and the interesting thing is like in this space, you're very rarely gonna have a test that will be significant enough to be able to say statistically, this is an approved test, right? So it, yeah. it's, uh, you got to move fast because every day, all we have is labor hours, right? And you got to, right. you got to book them. You got to test fast, test big, fail or succeed. If you succeed, you're going to be able to take, you maximize those labor hours and it's going to pay off dividends moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so what are some of those tests that you've run in the past that didn't necessarily succeed? <laughs> um a lot <laughs> um, is there a few that come to mind that were just overwhelmingly terrible 
No, what what I really find is, right, sometimes we live in this bubble where we're like, idealistically, this should work. This should be the silver bullet, right? This is this is going to be amazing. But then when you get into reality, uh, it just, it doesn't perform as well. So uh, lead gen, for example, Angie's List is huge. Angie's List here in Indianapolis, Angie's List uh, is was found was headquartered here not founded it was founded over i believe in columbus ohio but it was headquartered here in indy so great brand recognition from a business perspective never was able to get it to the return on marketing spend but it should have right and that, that was a frustrating yeah. part because we're over here we're, we're rocking home advisor we're rocking all these different uh you know 15 to 20 different lead gens given you know whatever our our current demand is uh, or how things are performing but Angie's list for some reason wouldn't work. But then you look at other things mm. of you know, different campaigns that you can do to target your competitors' websites, this or that. Uh, won't get into some of the details. Theoretically, yeah. should have worked extremely well. Realistically, didn't perform as well as it should. Mm. Um, so it, there's a lot of, I failed at a lot of things and I'm completely cool with it because we've also been really <laughs> successful. So yeah. yeah. It's that's you interesting get the good and the bad with list. Me. Yeah, that's interesting about Angie's list because doesn't Home Advisor own Angie's list? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's really strange that Home Advisor would, you know, would be a hit and Angie's list would flop. It's so what I have what I've come to realize is you know, when you look at Yelp in our market doesn't work. I know markets when you go out to California, they love Yelp. But it's it's kind of a homegrown really? brand, homegrown product, right? Uh, so again, a little, little different. But when you when you look at some of the different legions that you have to respond and you have to interact on their platform as a consumer and as a contractor, there's just an ability for them to bail much more quickly, right? Some of these legions yeah. send you their phone number, email address, so you can get them in campaigns. You can build an automation system around it, uh, and, and really be able to to create a consistent and very thorough client experience. But when they're, when they're on those platforms, just the ability for, you know, if someone's on the Angie's list app or on the website, they're probably only going to be there to put in the request and then they're going to bail. Right. And then what's your propensity to be able to get them back. That, that, that's what then comes into question. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. So what are some what are some tests that I guess have worked really well? Are you trying like to give me guys, like, give away the, no. all the secrets? <laughs> no, no, you don't have to give away all the secrets. Um, but you know the, the podcast is smart HVAC marketing, right. so no, I, <laughs> we got to talk it. about the smart things too. You know, uh, so so yeah. So what are some things without you know you don't have to give away the no, the okay. execution and all the strategy, but like was there a campaign or a particular promotion you all did that just blew up went really well? I mean, we, we have a lot of success around some of our retail offers, right? We are very, um, we realized and realized early that we're, we're a retail company, right? So mm -hmm. people are used to interacting with retail differently than they're interested in realist interacting with other companies. Um, so knowing that our, um, mindset change in regards to offers when you're thinking free furnace 50 percent off air conditioner things of that nature that um, we want to create a retail type experience for our clients because that's what they're used to and, and our job mm -hmm. as a contractor is to to operate a business in in the way that our clients want to operate right 
provide the experience in which they want to have an experience. And, and that's why we really, we really narrowed in and, and focused on that, that we're a retail company. We create an experience. We give people the ability to um, experience the deals, right? Um, that is that that was something that was big for the company, and, and really, once that realization came into place, then it allows you to scale much more quickly, because everyone's a retail customer. Very few co- people realize they're a trades customer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, that's interesting. And then from digital, I mean, from a digital perspective, we're just constantly, constantly moving, constantly test testing. Um, Content's huge. I'm a big. I'm big from a search perspective, SEO, all that. That's primarily where my my background and really where I get a lot of energy doing research and everything of that nature. And then it's just been really cool things that we've been able to do from a content perspective. And 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 when you do SEO well, it allows you to do a lot more, um, a lot more testing in the in the home services space because you have that lower cost higher revenue business coming in so you can do, you can test down into lower, less performing uh, digital tactics or other tactics to be able to layer on additional revenues. Yeah. Do you all view SEO as a lead gen tool or is it more just a branding and visibility? Everything we do is lead gen. Our, our, our business is to serve more clients, serve our community better, serve them more. Um, so, so when you think about lead generation, that's everything we should do should be focused around it. So, um, from a content perspective, yes, we have content out there that is more evergreen that may not be as transactional, um, or or as high as intent, but we make sure we make sure our content is extremely useful for our clients when we're creating it. You know, you've got to design content both for, for your client and for Google. Um, there's opposing views that think they it's one or the other it's both it's both at the end of the day it needs to be found for the client to be able to see it but it also needs to be useful for the client to continue wanting to read it um yeah and so it's a careful balancing act um but there are also very high intent keywords very high intent uh content that you can create to be able to drive drive the business so it's interesting while a website or website unique views for organic may be up 70%. We've created more intent based content that it's up 178% on conversions. Um, yeah. or, or our goal goal conversions, right. Which are essentially yeah. a, a phone call or a form submission into our team. Yep. And, and then it's on, on your team to, to execute from there, the operations side yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, and Google's gotten so smart now. I mean, it, it, to the point where you can, it's not like in the past where you constantly had to just be every article had to be <clears throat> heating and cooling, heating and cooling and all keyword stuff and very, the shit out of it. Yeah. Right. It's not like you just have to sit there and uh, we're the best HVAC company, AC repair indie. And if you are in indie and need AC repair, like you don't have to do that anymore. You can give the people good quality content that has those keywords mentioned in it. And, you know, and because of rank brain, Google can take that and they got that uh, was like the knowledge graph where right. they know, Okay, they've mentioned AC repair and they've mentioned Indianapolis and they've mentioned uh, furnace repair and filters and all right. that stuff they can put together. This is an HVAC company, and they serve. <laughs> they offer these services. <laughs> you send them signals. That's what. That's what you're doing. You're, you send yeah. them signals just like you would a client. 
Um, however, yep. you, you do have to, you know, because what you're saying, right, they, they see that you mentioned this, so they know you, you're relevant in the space. So that you still need to be sending those signals to Google. Yeah, that that is still a, an important part of it. Um, yeah. But but then you have to think of how's your internal linking structure within the website? What are you going after from a, a link building perspective? Are they relevant links that you're trying to build? Are, where are they directing to? Um, to be yeah. able to make sure they know that Google then sees those inbound links as authoritative for a specific subject. Uh, there's there's just so much that that we should, as an industry, be focusing on. Unfortunately, there are very few marketers in this space, uh, specifically internal marketers uh, within HVAC companies. That's really where you and, and and other agencies in the space have to have to fill that that void. Um, yeah, you just. It, it, you just got to make sure you're good at it. <laughs> yeah, and and I see a lot of times with <clears throat> with HVAC contractors when they they hire a, you know an internal marketing person, they're really thinking, oh, I'm gonna also have her do payroll, and she's also gonna or mm-hmm. whoever it is is also they're just gonna post on social media, and so you're you know you're they're thinking though why am I not ranked on Google and why is my website crap? Well, you, you just hired someone who's Focus. not really a marketer, but yeah, they're just they know social media, and they've also got them doing bookkeeping right all this other stuff and so that's where you know it really pays to fully understand right or if you don't understand I mean, hire someone that understands i mean so much so much of anyone's success in a specific role which will then go down to the company's success is based on focus why do they have time to focus on um yeah it, it's interesting I'm, I'm the director of marketing but it, it almost seems that uh, i joke with several of the owners i think some of my impact biggest impact points have been more operationally and, and just being able to help. Okay. Hey, here's what we're seeing from a client care perspective here. Here's some things. Maybe we need to adjust the schedules, this or that, um, or, or, Hey, maybe we need to carve out a team. Like we have a, we have a lead gen team. That is, wow. that is all they do. I've got three folks on this team that all the website and this, when I say lead gen, it's anyone, any type of lead gen or our website that will send a form submission or some sort of data point into a system, right? Because then I can automate text, I can automate email uh, at the proper cadence, at the proper sequence, right? I do want to stress that, like just setting up an automated system doesn't mean you're going to do it well. Um, yeah. Right. You you got to have the right sequence. You got to have the right cadence. You got to have the right messaging. Um, and then then having a team that that actively outbounds to those lead opportunities. Uh, so that we can turn them into clients because at the end of the day we want we want them to be our client because that allows us to serve the community better and, and yeah like i just yeah the communities that we serve that's really the only reason any of us are in business right yeah. and and that is such a i think people lose focus on of oh we need to do we need to do legion to, to drive more revenues yes revenue is incredibly important but as if your goal and, and everything that you do is to serve the community better, to serve your clients better. It's all going to work out in the end, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a big difference, and I think that's sometimes where we we see a disconnect, right? Because you're you see in the marketing side, I see in the marketing side, um, that that can become a disconnect, and that's that's got to be the driving force in everything you do, uh, because then it's going to yeah. come across genuine. Then your branding is going to be more genuine. Like I'm not, I'm generally we we may have an offer tag at the end of our tv commercials but our tv commercials aren't big offers that that's not that's not necessarily why i want someone to to do business with us yes offers are important but at the end of the day i want them to do business with us because they they trust us um because they 
they want to do business with us because that's going to be a lifelong customer. So a lot of times it's our brand story video explaining the story of our brand. Um, it's a recruiting video explaining why people actually want to work here. Not, hey, this is what we're doing. We have this huge sign-on bonus. Nothing of that is 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 on TV. Uh, and even yeah. our, our TV commercials that do have an offer tag at the end of it, they're all about the experience that we want to create. Why we want you to be comfortable in the home, their lifestyle uh, shots. It's it's just a, a different approach, but uh, I think a lot of people think you've got to be offer, 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 offer all the time. And it's just not the case. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. And yeah, and that goes back to what I asked you probably the first minute of the episode, what's your favorite thing about the industry, the people. Well, and if you have that customer first focus always, right. you're going to see your bottom line grow regardless. Because, you know, I could, you know, an HVAC company could come to us and I could get them 10 install leads. And if their technicians go to the home and botch the job, all 10 of those customers are going to leave a bad review. Right. So it's like, okay, you were more concerned about the bottom line that you forgot about the customer. And now who you're drives getting, the bottom line? Who drives the bottom line? And now you're being reprimanded by the customers and you're getting a bad reputation. So now we have to go in and fix that reputation. So yeah, and, and I think that's where in this industry, marketing and operations can really benefit from working off of each other. Right. That you know, like that, you'd said. That's the biggest thing of the internal marketing. Uh and I know you run an agency, right? But having someone <laughs> internal, at least to be the the advocate um, for for the client, um, for the company, for for everyone involved, having someone internal does bring a lot of benefits, right? I sit in on every one of our morning pace calls where we review where the day's at now, where's the rest of the week look like, so that I can help influence decision making from a marketing perspective moving forward, right? Hey, we need more maintenance agreement calls. Perfect. We'll get them. We'll get them on the schedule uh, today, tomorrow, yeah. in the next couple of days. Um, we'll fill up that schedule because, again, all all you drive to, to from a, a, a business perspective and home services is your labor hours. You have to you have to be filling yeah. up those labor hours because that's that is your your revenue driver. Um, so yeah. that that's really where it's it's important and, and advantageous to have someone internal because you, you know you at the end of the day you can't be in. You, you can't be in all your clients' morning meetings. Oh, but absolutely not. what you can do is you can be in contact with the person that is. Um, yeah. They can they can say, hey, here's what we're seeing today. Here's what our outlook, three-day, five-day outlook looks like. Uh, here's where today is. Uh, what decisions, what levers can we pull? What, what can we do to be able to fill up those labor hours? Yeah. Yeah, and, and we've seen it in both scenarios where, one, they have a marketing person and they're – driving the strategy and then they, you know, they're in on those meetings and then they communicate it to us. Hey, we're pushing, you know, this plumbing offer in the next month. Okay. So we can drive the actual execution, but then there's also the instance where they don't have a marketing person. And now we're also having to be the, the strategist and the executioner of the, of the strategy. And it requires it. It works out still in the end. It's just a little bit more, you know, it's complex hours and it's, it's, it's more complex. there's it's, delay it takes more. yeah and exactly and it's always well we're not there every single morning when you get in at, at eight o'clock and do your stand-ups like you're saying uh so yeah I, i've actually seen where it really does work best when there is someone in-house to work with and uh, and also understands marketing and it right. doesn't just care about the money right yeah it's a I mean, marketing is a long-term play 
It's taken us, it's a, I've been here a little over two years now and it took a solid year to really start seeing the momentum rolling. Yes. We saw lifts in these campaigns. We brought on different lead gens. We created systems and processes. We saw lifts, but to really get, you you know, you get to that sweet spot in marketing where you're like, all right, it feels good, right? You're, you're, everything's, everything's really jolling. Your offers are streamlined across the business. Uh, and across platforms you finally have your messaging dialed in you have new tv spots you have new radio spots and they're all all focusing and sending the, the same message you know we we are here to take care of your client uh, you as our client yeah. and, and you bring all that together and then you just get to that sweet spot where it's like all right this is rolling now how do we make it roll faster how do we get that momentum going how do we get that flywheel moving faster yeah. um that's the fun part but but as business owners and, and as you know, leaders of the businesses within the home services, I encourage everyone, you know, allow time for things to be successful. Yes, you want to test and fail fast, but tests are a subset of, of marketing. And marketing yeah. does take more time for everything to get aligned because not only does it have to get aligned, but then your, your, your clients have to experience it, right? And they have, to yeah. ha- they have to be hit so many times with this messaging to really understand it and remember it most of all, right? Yeah, they'll understand yeah. it within first TV commercial, but will they remember it? Probably not. But will they remember it when they see our vans? Will they remember it when they hear our radio commercials? Will they remember it when they see the next TV, uh, TV ad? When they see us in, in shared mail, direct mail, whatever, it's all got to be aligned because you're trying to get them to remember yeah. something very, very specific. And when you break all of those things apart and you're just running a bunch of tactics, you don't have yeah. that cohesion. And that is absolutely mm-hmm. having a cohesive messaging so that, that they're remembering that same experience or that same data point and, and everything. That is when you're going to see things clicking uh, very well for your company. Yeah. And I'm not telling like absolutely. small medium companies that then you go out and do TV and radio. There are very specific yeah. platforms, depending where your business is at, there are very specific platforms that you should probably be utilizing that will make sense. Yeah. But we just happen to be the size in each of our markets where TV and radio, you know, we're trying to build that brand, uh, the brand recognition so that, that it allows us to scale and grow even faster. Yeah, that top of mind awareness. Right, but when you're small, you're trying to build that oh, client yeah. list, man. You're, you're trying to oh, get yeah. that client list so you can give them that a consistent experience so that they tell their friends and then you start having word of mouth grow. Then you're able to do more digital tactics and then you yeah. can overlay the brand, uh, the branding component. Yeah. So what are some, you know, if you were speaking to a one or two man show, what are some of those easy, low cost, no cost marketing uh, tactics that they could really go after uh, to kind of build that initial customer list. Oh, you're, you're, you're one or two man shops. You've got a client list. I hope you've been getting email. Yeah, email is just an extremely cost effective way of doing business. Now, our emails are not salesy. Our emails are our emails are educational. Yeah. I, I, we're not here. We're not here. We're not here necessarily to, to sell you via an email. Right. That's just we're sending it to everyone this business is so high intent is so intent based right that really our our job is to educate even when we're in the home our text job is to educate it's not to sell your your job is to educate in email your job is to educate not sell yeah you may you may put a promotion towards the bottom or something of that nature but the 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 purpose of that communication point is not to not to sell it's to educate and that's uh 
that is something that I'd say, you know, top tips and tricks. Hey, here's, here's a seasonal checklist for, for, you know, spring, check your downspouts, turn your water onto your hose bibs, all that stuff, you know, start, start being a resource for your clients, not just the person they call when their HVAC system fails or when their plumbing system fails. Um, that's obviously an easy one. Social media is, is a really easy as long as you've been able to get your current clients on it and, and get them sharing and, and really just growing that sphere of influence that you have as a company. Um, those would be two that I'd immediately go to. Because, and then once you're, once you're really then have money to be able to allocate to marketing, then you, you look at your higher return, you look at your higher return, um, digital tactics and get into those and then you start testing down the lower return as you grow and then you bring on the branding component on top of that because then that's going to just put that's going to put fuel on your growth fire absolutely yeah email's great because you own you know you'll own that list right. providing that you've actually built the list and you didn't you know you didn't actually buy it right but try not own to that. buy it's not something <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's, it's never never works out well uh especially for email marketing right because then you can get yeah, you can I'm get in trouble. B to C, <laughs> B to C, it becomes really expensive if you if you um, acquire clients' information through um, yeah unknown sources. That is, you will get fined fast. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, and it's I mean, if you build that list and you own it, I mean, Instagram could go away tomorrow, Facebook could go away tomorrow, right. uh, the internet, but you own that email list and. If you, I mean, and if you have that email list and you begin doing digital tactics like Facebook advertising, you can use that email to create a lookalike audience of people right. that are similar to your customer. I mean, it's it's really right. You can use it much more than just sending out emails. Right. It's a it's a data is, point that you have on a client, and, and mm -hmm. I love Facebook lookalike. So yes, I, I completely agree oh, yeah. there. It's it's just an an easy way to make an introduction to similar people that may have similar mm -hmm. needs. But again you're not just constantly selling them. Like I see so many yeah. competitors, everything they do, sell, 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 sell. Yes, we have strong aggressive offers out there on platforms that are intent-based. I'm gonna have strong offers. We're gonna get them right in front of you. Yes, but there are certain platforms that are not, their purpose is not just to sell, sell, sell. It's to educate. Yeah. And and you've got that's where a marketer comes in and makes a big difference is because they know what platforms that they need to educate on versus what they need to be doing strong offers because it's more intent based. It's a more intent based platform. Yeah. So with some of those educational say we're running a Facebook ad, we're just sponsoring or boosting uh, like a four tips to increase your energy efficiency this spring. We're not selling anything. We're just teaching the customer something. They go on the website. Now, would you hit them with retargeting promotions or would you just hit them with more value-based content? Um, once you get them, it depends on where they're at in the funnel, right? Or where yeah. are you getting them in the customer journey? If they're to the point where they've checked out a few pages that, that may be more um, educational, they're, you're, they're building up their intent, right? Because they've now gone to a couple of different pages on the website. Now it makes sense. Okay, hey, maybe we we throw in a tune-up offer. Um, maybe we put that available for them to 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 experience, right? Um, but yeah, it, it all depends on where someone is in the client journey. Um, every that's the marketer's that's the marketer's job. 
right? And that goes back to what platforms are useful for what level of intent, right? Email, yeah. email is not a high intent uh, channel, right? They're, they're top of the funnel. At best, they're top of the funnel. They may have absolutely zero yeah. intent. That's why you want to be educational there. But if you drive them to the website, they start clicking around, they're building that intent. Then you can retarget them with a very specific offer depending on what pages they viewed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's smart. So yeah, I mean I think I think the educational stuff is is definitely great. And, and like you said, when you, when it's appropriate, yeah, hammer them with with sales, you know, especially if you're if you're targeting a uh a customer list and you know they've already paid with you in the past. Right. And they you know that they've okay, this is a list of people who have had their HVAC replaced by us and it's Right. March 26th, they're probably going to be turning their AC on soon. Let's run a, a spring tune-up ad targeting these people. And, right. And when I say so, yeah. sale, oftentimes, or sell, oftentimes I'm I'm referring to offer, right? Yeah. Have that offer available. So I did want to create that point of clarity because, again, last thing we're here to do in the home services industry is to sell something, right? We're here to educate yeah. and offer solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen where people in the past have run, you know, full replacement ads and they just didn't perform well because people don't, you know, people don't get on Facebook ready to buy a new HVAC unit or, or right. HVAC system. Bring them <laughs> on through if the you funnel. See, yeah. You see a, a, you know, $59 spring inspection or something that gets your foot in the door with the customer right. and it'll help way more. Well, listen, like everyone's like, Oh, we don't want to do that, that tune up at that price or, or something of that nature. It's not going to make money. Listen, most tune up offers, there's not a company in this world that is going to make actually a, a profit off of it. Um, oh, yeah. just for, just for that tune up price. What, what it's doing is it's giving you, it's giving the client to give you the okay to start building trust. Right. And that's why you, you go in the home, you start building that trust from that point forward. You hope, if you've done your job as a contractor, you've earned their trust enough to be able to sign them up for preventative maintenance. You've shown that value. You've built that trust. They want to do business with you. They trust you coming into their home twice a year to be able to make sure that their system is running efficiently. There's going to be a point in time where that system can no longer keep up or it's no longer, never, it doesn't hit their expectations of efficiency. And that is, or it just dies. This stuff is mechanical and it dies. Um, that's then where you hope you have done your job as a company. And, and it's 100% our job to do this, right? That you've done your job to build that trust that when they're ready to replace their system, you are the company they call. But that is that is our job and entire build up to that point is building that trust, making sure you, you elongate the life of that equipment as long as possible and do right by the client so that when when it does fail and is not able to be repaired or the cost just does not make sense that they trust you to be the one to, to do the replacement. Yeah. So have you ever noticed like a time span, I guess on the, like or a lifespan on that customer journey from the first time in the door to replacement? No, because it varies on when you acquire them, right? Are they yeah. someone that just moved in or is it someone that, that, you know, they've not had their system maintained, but they feel like, oh man, I haven't had it maintained in five years. So that the the timeline just varies dramatically. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that I can say, hey, there's a science or or there's science to this, right? It just I mean that could be that there. could be the million dollar solution 
if you could say like, oh, the first time, after they get in the door within, you know, three visits, we'll, you know, we'll sell $15,000 or something. Right. If I, right. A feels a little dirty, but, but B, if I yeah. figured that out, I probably, probably wouldn't be working here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you can sell it. You know, that'd be, right. that's it's, it. So, but again, if you, if you go into the house with the right intent, um, that intent to serve that intent to educate, Again, it's going to work out in the end. It may take you yeah. 17 visits to eventually run into a replacement or to, to be yeah. able to, to then have enough touch points and, and be able to educate a client enough on an indoor air quality product to a point where they purchase or now they have the intent or, or the need for it. Um, yeah. But all, all we can do is keep doing the best job absolutely possible for our clients and Again, just have that trust that, that it's going to work out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I happen to stumble upon uh, your your blog. Oh, do you yeah. still do that? Uh, not as regularly as I'd like. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a while. I've been so busy here. Like I haven't had yeah. time to, to just be as, as proactive there. But, but when I do write, I try to create as evergreen as possible content that is going to be useful for years. Right. So looking yeah. at name, address, phone, talking about it, about um, SEO, those are reviews. Those are typically topics that are more evergreen. Um, I, I would like to some point get back to more regular blog writing. Um, but yeah. if someone's new, new to marketing in the space or just wants to kind of learn some a few tips and tricks, it is out there. HVACMAT.com um, where you can where you can learn, learn a few of the basics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was I was looking at it earlier because I was on your LinkedIn and I saw it, and I think there's some really great tips on here. So yeah, definitely check it out if you're, if, especially I, I get a lot of guests on here who are newer business owners in the space where they're they just started their business a year or so ago and they're not really sure where to go with marketing, and that I think this would be a great resource for them. Right, it'll be something we'll include in the show notes. So if there you're listening, go. you can go check it out. Yeah, um, I'll take the back so one. yeah. I, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of podcasting, especially since, um, this is probably gonna get a little techie for some of the people who don't care, but Google podcasts, if you have links in the show notes, those links that you get are do follow from Google, which is pretty high value. So right. it's why podcasting has a, a ton of value. Right. Um, but yeah, so Matt, this has been awesome. This has probably been by far one of the most high value marketing related episodes we've had yet. Uh, and I do really appreciate your time. Uh, what are some, uh, some ways people could get in touch with you or contact you if they wanted to just talk more or pick your brain? Totally. I mean, best is LinkedIn actually. Uh, I have a lot of yeah. people that reach out through LinkedIn. So I try to stay pretty, uh, pretty active there. Haven't, haven't put as much content out there within the last couple of weeks that I'd like, because we've just been insanely busy. Um, but if people want to reach me on LinkedIn, I'll send you, I can send you the link or you can grab it off LinkedIn, put it in the, the notes, but just search Matthew Tyner, T Y N E R. Uh, and I will, I will hopefully show up if I've done my job. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, I more than happy to talk with contractors, any size, like, don't be hesitant of reaching out to me because I work for a large contractor. I've, I've worked for smaller contractors too. Um, so I, I'm always happy to jump on, discuss, brainstorm, talk, uh, 
and see how there's a way to help because you know just like we serve yeah. our clients it's also my job to help serve the industry so um i'm always here to have a have a friendly conversation thanks for checking out another episode of the smart hvac marketing podcast if you're interested in being able to leverage the insight and expertise of other hvac contractors head over to the brand new rival digital private facebook group from there, you'll be able to network, connect, meet new people, and learn about proven ways to grow your business. We'll see you there.